Welcome to the XY Advisor Podcast, a global community of financial advisors sharing and learning with one another to drive the positive evolution of financial advice. To get involved, go to xyadvisor.com or simply download the XY Advisor app. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Challenger. At Challenger, we want to help you ensure that your retiree clients can meet their retirement needs today and tomorrow. To access thought leadership, insights, and tips on retirement planning for your clients, head on over to challenger.com.au forward slash XY. back to the XY Advisor podcast. My name's Fraser Jack and we are still talking about the all things to do with the changing landscape of retirement. Uh, I'm joined by Richard McElane. Welcome Richard. Thank you Fraser, thanks for having me. Now thank you for hanging out and chatting to us today about all things the changing landscape of retirement. Uh, do you want to give everybody a quick overview of your business, RTG Financial? Yes, thanks Fraser. Um, RTG Financial Services, uh, you have the the fortunate position of talking to the CEO and the tea lady at the same time as I'm a, a main band. Um, I have been now uh, for quite a few years. Um, I've just recently changed licensees. So um, that's taken up a bit of my time over the last little while. But um, yeah, I've been been in the planning game, uh, actually starting right back. This is scary now and I actually relate this to clients. The client says, how long have you been doing this for? And I'll go, oh, a few years. And I actually think back to it, and it was uh, 2003 when I first became a risk rider with the uh, Commonwealth Bank and um, sitting on coming up 18 years, which I can't believe. There you go. There you go. Yeah, fantastic. Now, now tell me about that journey, obviously starting as a risk rider, and then now your your main process, your worst uh, retirees. Yeah, well, um, personally, I like problem solving. And as far as I'm concerned, financial planning is just the world's biggest you know, cryptic crossword. So wanted to get into it, got my foot in the door as a risk rider at CBA um, and then just progress through that. I've worked for three of the big four banks during my, as I like to say, my institutional years, then had the opportunity to move out and then go work for a boutique firm, which opened my eyes immensely to what else was available. And then the uh, opportunity presented itself and I was able to... Um, Start RTG Financial Services, which, yeah, has been absolutely great for me. Yeah, fantastic. I can just see this really gelled with your own personal values and beliefs and around the idea of, you know, having your own business, going from going from being told what to do in a large corporate oh. to, you know, as you said, being the CEO of your own decision-making process. Yeah, yeah. I always found it very strange that uh, when I was working for large organisations, the answer was always whatever product they wanted you to hock. So I oh, always found that a bit Strange, but anyway. Yes, yes. Well, now uh, now you're an- answerable to your clients uh, and your wife and kids, I guess. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The uh, never underestimate the um, desire to buy groceries. So, yeah. yeah. That, uh, yeah. Fantastic. So, uh, so essentially running a business uh, with, with yourself as the advisor and, um, uh, and, you know, and doing all the other parts of the business itself um, as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, your and your typical client at the moment is retiring or about to retire in, in the yeah. retirement phase. Yeah. So the breakdown of my uh, 
practice at the moment is the typical client is a retiree um, that's either recently retired or currently retired, but very much in that retiree space. Yep. Um, and I have within that space, I have couples, I have singles, I, ha- I have um, singles that were part of couples, so on and so on. So um, yeah, from that retiree side of things, I've pretty much got them all covered. Yeah, fantastic. And, uh, and, and, and I want to explore some of the conversations you have with them around the stages of re- retirement and the stages of their life from sort of when you, they come in to, to see you as a pre-retiree all the way all the way through to the aged care conversation. And, and I like the way that you describe this. Can you want to elaborate? So um, as I explained to clients, especially the pre-retirees, there's no magic in retirement for me. I've done it. I've seen it. I've seen it work well. I've seen it work poorly. I do explain to them that from my own observations, people then fall into three categories through their retirement years. And a lot of this is driven by a state of mind. But I start off with the teenage years. And, uh, you know, I've got this belief that pensioners turn into teenagers because uh, they get that little bit of freedom and they want to get out. They want to do everything. They want it done yesterday. They want to travel the world. They want to travel the country. They want to see everything. They want to do everything. And they all want to do it in a short space of time. Um, and there's no holding them back and you can't tell them no either. <laughs> the more you tell them no, the more they resist. So um, it's then working with them and letting them know, yes, you you will have these goals, you will have other expenses, you will have other experiences that you want to have through your retirement years, helping them just prioritise it, highlighting them what effect that is going to have on their overall retirement base. And it's quite interesting because I've discovered that people are more content with their overall retirement when they do start to achieve their own personal goals. So, for example, if they wanted to travel to Italy, if they wanted to do you know, this and this, when they have achieved those things, they're a lot more comfortable then in retirement and they're a lot more comfortable about their retirement and they don't seem to get as hung up as what we may think um, on things like, oh, how's the market going? How's this going? Da, 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 da. They sort of hit that calm stage of their life or, the next phase, which I refer to as the uh, comfy shoe phase, where that's where they're like, yep, as long as I've got a pair of comfy shoes that can take me around, I'm very comfortable. They've got that that travel bug out of them or whatever large goals they had. This is where they might have start having some health concerns or in a couple, and this is very important as well, that maybe one of them's having health concerns and the other one's not, but you know, the one that has health concerns will dictate what will happen. Um, but they really do, they've, they fall into that comfort mode um, and that's when they really then start to sit back, relax and enjoy retirement. Um, that's where a lot of them will, uh, you know, now I look after the grandkids and I do all of this because then that becomes their priority. And then the last phase, as I like to call it, is the comfy chair phase and that's where they've got a comfy chair to sit in. They're more than happy, you know. They know they're not going to be out moving around, doing things, traveling or or anything like that anymore. That's where a lot more people are coming to see them than them going to see people. And that comfy chair phase, they know when they hit that where their life is then progressing to. But if they have achieved those other goals that they had, that's where they sit there content. And it's interesting. I break it down with my clients that, 
as much as we focus on the money side of things, you know, um, as, as the old saying goes, there's no luggage racks on the hearse. So people who understand I'm here to enjoy this, make the most of it, I've worked hard, I want to achieve the things I want to do, then moving on to that next stage of their life quite content. Yeah, that's a that's a very, very good way of describing it. And I couldn't help notice that when you describe those three stages, you're talking about all about the emotional frame of mind or state of mind uh, yes. that's going through. You know, as a financial planner, you're not, you know, focusing on the, the numbers and, and what that means and spending and all those sorts of things. So let's start with the teenage years because I want to just go back here. I would imagine because a lot of this is around the transition into these into these phases, transitioning in and out of these phases, uh, I would imagine you're you're going you're you're changing the conversation from what could be quite a scary conversation of retirement and therefore going through a, I'm going to lose my identity, I'm going to lose this, I'm going to lose that, through to quite an inviting. I, I think I think people when they're retiring would, would would seem quite excited about the idea of reliving some teenage years. It is interesting because as humans we're creatures of habit and you can't expect someone to work for 50 years and then just turn off the tap. A well-planned retirement is keeping people engaged. Now, some people will want to play bowls. Some people will want to go camping. Some people will, you know, want to travel overseas. Whatever it is, whatever that itch is, it does need to be scratched. And that's where I find working with a client towards achieving those goals it's amazing, you know, like you said before, sorry, Fraser, I talk the facts and figures, but the emotion of the client is the overriding factor in all of this. So, for example, um, I've had situation. well, just recently, um, a great example of all of this is the uh, COVID restrictions. Now, um, I do know as soon as uh, travel restrictions are lifted, I'm going to have a whole swathe of clients who will head off traveling because one, they wanted to travel anyway but couldn't, or two, they've realized, hang on a second, maybe I'm not always going to be able to achieve things um, and just travel at the drop of a hat and do all this kind of stuff. So I'm going to take advantage of it and do it while I can. It's then just working with the client and letting them understand, well, if you're going to do that and it's going to cost you X amount, this is the impact it's going to have on your future retirement. Um, savings and as long as people are aware of that they're more than happy you know they'll work through it it's interesting because to go the other side I've got clients who had all the plans in the world to travel and you know do whatever and due to factors out of their control you know mainly around health um, they sit there and quite frankly are pretty miserable because they You know, I'm sitting on a pot of gold, but I can't do anything about it. You know, I can't go on holidays. I can't buy that caravan. I can't do this. That's actually, from my experience, worse because, um, yeah, that emotion side is uh, a massive, massive factor in it. And I think as advisors, it's the one thing that that we do underestimate, oh, sorry, undersell ourselves. We deal with retirement every day of the week, you know, so... We know what's ahead of the clients. Uh, another thing I like to tell clients is it'll take you 18 months to ease into your retirement because you were used to getting up, going to work. You were used to doing things. You know, it's like a hot bath. You don't jump into it. You ease into it. But when you're in, you don't want to get out. <laughs> so, 
That's a good way of looking at it. But yeah, yeah. just interesting that 18 month transition period. I think uh, a lot of people I've spoken to are very similar on that com- conversation. You know, 12 months to two years at least, depending on the person and, and of course, depending on the mindset and the mind flexibility. Sorry, the other big factor in it as well is uh, I know every advisor has been through this situation where you sit down and you start discussing someone's retirement plans, you click your fingers and they are two years into retirement and you're sitting there going, do you know you first came and saw me five years ago to start planning for this? And that's when the moment sort of hits and it's like, oh, I was worried back then. I'm now into it. And what was I worried about? Like everything that you said is going to happen has happened and away we go. It's, it's amazing how quickly the time passes for the client and they, yeah, they'll fall into that retirement really quickly. Yeah. Keeping busy. Yeah. And like you said, they're not going to get out of the bath. Tell me about the goals no. conversation because I think um I, I just want to dig a little bit deeper on this. How do you have that conversation at the at the beginning around what their goals might be, say in those teenage years? Well, just bluntly ask them what is it you would like to achieve and let them talk. Let them and look, I I've had it all. I've had the travel internationally, the travel domestically. You know, we want to buy the caravan and the uh and the Land Cruiser and tow it around Australia. I had one lady who wanted to buy a um, BMW or something sports car because that's what she always wanted, you know. So it's just it's working with people and letting them talk to you and then just dealing back to them what the consequences are of their decision-making. That's it, you know. It's not sitting there and telling them yes or no because if, if people want to do it, hence my the teenagers, if they want to do it, they're just going to do it anyway. And you can either hold their hand through the process and look after them through it so they can make informed decisions because otherwise people will just go and make rash decisions, sort of think about today rather than down the future. Um, And, again, that's our role as advisors is just finding that balance, Mm. keeping them informed. Um, So, sorry, so back to your initial question is I will talk to them about what they want to do then we'll talk about how it's going to be funded if that makes sense you know yes because that is the um that's the catalyst yeah yeah because often people will stop saying what they want because they think they can't afford it oh of course of course and you know vice versa the other way you know they uh you know I want to go on a three-month First class European holiday, and you're there going, well, you're not going to have anything left. <laughs> you know, it is, it is sitting down. Um, I liken it almost to uh, you become a financial doctor at that point rather than a financial advisor. So you try to just assess people through, have a look at what they are, where they are, and then hold a hand. Yeah, that's a very interesting term, a financial doctor. It's uh, yeah, yeah, fantastic. Now, um. When you talk about people in these these stages, mm-hmm. do they ask about how, how long? Like, do you have that conversation about how long would each stage take? No, because uh, that's the unknown about all of this is, um, you know, of the who, what, why, how, it's the when. Because when someone's comfortable retiring, when they want to do whatever it is they want to do, when they're moving into the next phase. And you also have to address this especially in couples, you have to address it per individual 
because you might have a situation where, um, you know, uh, you know, I'll just go the typical husband and wife. You know, the wife might be ready to, you know, keep, you know, spend more time at home, whatever. But the husband, he's still keen on loading up the caravan and going. Or the husband's got to go in for a hip replacement, and he knows he can't lug around this, you know, thirty foot caravan anymore. Whereas the wife's there, oh, I'm still comfortable. I, I still want to go traveling. So even from that point of view, it's understanding what the individual within the couple wants. It's then, so it's then back to finding common ground and just working with them. Yep. The when, they'll come to you and uh, it'll be one of those things uh, as they start to move from the teenage years to the comfy shoes because you start to see the drop-off, well, or as I like to say, they're more accessible because they're not as away um, as often, you know. So I've got clients who just emailed me uh, yesterday who are very much in the teenage years and uh, they've hooked up their caravan and they said, we're heading off and we'll probably be back November, you know. If you need us, we're on the email. That's That's it. Whereas I've got other clients who've now done that who are now, you know, if I drop them an email or I give them a call, they're at home, they're accessible because they've started, they know themselves the times come that, you know, they're taking things just that little bit easier. Um, so, yeah, so there's no set time, unfortunately. It's it's all to do with the client. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, so that time is a very hard one to work out and it will always depend. Um, but this is a really interesting point you've raised here around the concept of um, accessibility when you're doing your ongoing reviews or ongoing conversations. If somebody is in those teenage years, it's a bit like trying to communicate with a teenager, right? It's, it's, it they're not around or they don't want to talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, and <laughs> I had one client in particular, this is, I take this as a good news, bad news story. Um, I got an email from them. Uh, they were on holidays and they said, oh, Richard, our um, account-based pension payment hasn't gone in uh, today. Can you just chase that up for us? And uh, they were standing in front of the Taj Mahal. They took a photo and sent it to me and attached it to the email. So um, I replied back that, um, you know, after further investigations, retirees shouldn't be having that much fun, so their funds have been cut off. <laughs> no. Um, replied back and, you know, that, yes, it had just been delayed due to a public holiday here in Australia, but was coming to them uh, overnight. But that's that's exactly it. They're on the other side of the world having the time of their life. They drop an email and they're like, oh, let's rub it in and we'll stand in front of the Taj Mahal, you know. But that's... That's a good news because they're out enjoying it. They're doing what they wanted to do. That's so good. And I actually take a bit of pride in that because those particular clients are like, oh, should we, shouldn't we? They did their travel and they're more than happy to. Yeah. Again, good, good old teenage years and enjoying this yeah. uh, part, of the, uh, part of the retirement phase. So talk to me about the comfy shoes and the, and the, the last part of the comfy chair conversation because that, um, that can be quite uh, a very, very different level of excitement i guess for you as a as a planner to have be having conversations around you know um uh, the the comfy chair zone well so just to touch on the comfy shoes that's um the majority of that you know the client will understand you know they might have uh, medical 
uh, condition or, you know, father time just starts catching up with them and they do, you know, just start to slow down. That's also the time uh, they understand where their life is headed. The conversation will change and the priorities for the advice will change. So that's the phase where they, you know, as I like to say, they really want the surety of income. So, yeah, as long as I'm getting the money that I'm getting now, I'll be fine is, you know, a, a line I hear all the time. And then as they move into the comfy chair phase, it's making sure that that they know they're going to be looked after. And this is a a, a real spot for then engaging um, the next generation because this is talking to the family members around, you know, how are mum and dad, where are they positioned? Uh, if they've got to move into care, this is what they've got. It, it's actually quite surprising um, when I do have that, you know, those uh, family conferences, as I like to call them, you'll be sitting there with mum and dad and, you know, son and daughter. And the son and daughter have little to no idea what mum and dad's financial circumstances or, you know, situation actually is. And, you know, well... That's that's fine. Um, it is taking that time to sit down and and explain to them. Well, this is what we need to look at in the event of mum and dad needing to move into care. You know, these are the good points. These are the bad points. This is what we need to be on top of. And it is it's that reengagement and um, where it works well is in that family conference scenario. So that when when decisions have to be made, um, people are making them in an informed manner, um, and they've been made aware of it up front. Uh, there's nothing worse than a lived experience where a client uh, she had a fall in the townhouse she was living in. Um, she banged herself up quite well, and uh, she went to hospital. And they'd done an aged uh, assessment on her house. And because it was a two-story townhouse, they wouldn't let her home. So they shipped her off to a nursing home with the first available bed. And, of course, the family's distraught because they turned up to hospital thinking mum's going to be on her way home. And she's being loaded into a, uh, uh ambulance and being taken to a nursing home. So it's, it's at that moment that people understand that, oh, yeah, I should have had these conversations prior going the other way as well also from an estate planning point of view because you know you have the circumstances where people might be in a position where you know their money's going to outlive them and they want to make sure that that's passed on in a way that's um favorable and beneficial to their uh beneficiaries yeah so it, it's an ongoing evolving process you know um it would be great if it was set and forget, but unfortunately, no, it's not. Yeah, the fam- the family conference thing is really, really important. It's an in- integral part, isn't it? And I, I would imagine yeah. there's um, a lot of situations where that is not necessarily a straightforward meeting. There might be uh, a lot of integrational tensions going on between oh, families. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it would probably make for a good reality show, to be honest. But you do have so many layers upon that you know where you know mum or dad can they live with uh, a son or daughter you know do they have the room are they going to have to go into care where's the nearest place um i've had clients who 
uh, moved interstate to, uh, you know, be put into an aged care facility just so it's then closer to family. It's just those kinds of things. And it's very much, I think, as an advisor and having, you know, experienced it and seen it, we do have an obligation to let people be aware of uh, the good and the bad points of all of this because um, that, to me, <laughs> you know, what we talk about best interest duty, that's that's working in the client's best interest. It's highlighting these things to them. Mm. And explain that, yes, you need to start having these conversations with your family. You know, what's your plan B? Um, and then engaging it with with the clients. Yeah. And so, uh, so proactively getting on the front foot and getting these meetings done early. Yes, yeah. yes. By the way, they're difficult and nobody wants to do them. But unfortunately, the reality of life dictates that, you know, this needs to be done. It is one of those things, uh, especially around the estate planning, it's little things like I say to people, make sure you've got an up-to-date power of attorney. And again, if it's a husband and wife situation, don't list the husband or the wife as the power of attorney. Speak to a solicitor because you need to make sure that whoever is your power of attorney, that they're not sitting there in the room next to you. You need someone who can actually make informed decisions on your behalf, who's not going to be potentially in the same position you are. Yeah, sort of semi-detached from that really raw emotional uh, part at that time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, yeah, it it makes a lot of sense to to, um, to talk to your clients and put things in place in these three different areas, you know, the the three different stages and and the transition periods that go along with that. Um, What, how do you do that from a planning point of view? Like, how do you, um, set things up and, 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 and help them get their finances in shape so that they can, you know, go through those emotional um, time periods. It comes back to listening to the client and prioritising what their goals are. So through the teenage years, you prioritise those goals. When you move uh, into the next phase of comfy shoes, you start to prioritise those goals. Comfy chair, you start to prioritise those goals because they will be significantly different. You know, um, uh, you cannot do, oh, well, I believe you cannot do a retirement plan and say to someone, here you go, go your hardest. The chart says you're going to go from here to here. Fantastic. See you later. No, it is keeping in constant contact with the clients, asking them the questions, asking them the questions around health, asking them the questions around um, their family circumstances, asking them, you know, the questions around um, what what they want later on in life. You know, do you want to be placed in care? Would you rather live with a family member? You know, it's asking those questions. It, it doesn't seem like it's very easy to calculate then if their questions aren't based on income or, or money. No, no, but that that then becomes the base for the calculations, for the income, so on and so on, which will then dictate the advice you then give. So, and, and what what does it what does a plan then look like for you? Or is it? Um, uh, I guess it's it's more it's more cash flow up front and and uh, and tapering spending as as they go. Well, I like to use the term surety of income. So people want to know that as long as I got the amount I got last year, I'll be okay. They adjust their living standards to the income they receive. So especially people transitioning from the teenage years to the um, comfy shoe 
period, that moment, you almost need to realign what their um, income requirements are only because in the teenage years, they have spent uh, time, you know, traveling or, you know, playing golf or whatever. As that starts to wind back, there's other needs that come in, you know, there's medical costs that chew into the entertainment expenses they once had and, you know, that kind of thing. So it's recalibrating where they actually are and then starting afresh and working from that and away we go. And how do you then provide that surety of income? Because obviously uh, interest rates aren't helping us at the moment, are they? No. No, and that's where things such as an annuity do fall in quite nicely because you can use that to provide that surety of income where if you can maximise a client's Centrelink benefits, if they're eligible for it, you know, in this situation we're going to say they are, if you can maximise their, their Centrelink benefits and then also provide them with a regular income that they know is going to hit their account every week, when you start to then break that down and go, okay, of your income needs, and I did a quick calculation um, on one of my clients and husband and wife, they require $50,000 a year, you know, to live on. We've been able to maximize the pension and with um, some annuity income, 80% of their income needs is coming to them. You know, the form of the pension that's being maximized and the annuity. So, you know, 80 cents in the dollar is coming to them regardless of market conditions, regardless of other decisions they make, whether they take money out, do whatever they want to do. That surety gives them a great deal of comfort. That becomes their new pay packet, for want of a better term. That allows them to then sit back and go, this is what we've got. This is how we're going to live. Yep, we're going great. And they are then able to utilise other money for holidays and golf or medical costs, whatever, Mm. and away we go. So that, in client terms, that's that surety is really their um, their, their certainty, filling mm-hmm. their emotional boxes. Uh, but from a financial planning term, I guess that's defensive uh, term, defensive assets. Or how, how do you what do you say? Well, yeah, again, it, it it comes back when you utilize an annuity. It has to fit in with their overall needs. Okay, and annuities aren't for everyone. There's a variety of reasons why, but it's understanding well. You have a look at the client's situation. What's most important to them? Can we maximise Centrelink benefits? Can we utilise a portion of the funds that would have been directed towards defensive assets to be parked in, you know, placed into an annuity? What's the benefit of that that the clients receive? And that's where, as an advisor, especially one by myself, I, I have to be honest, um, I'm, I'm very annoying to my uh, challenger BDMs. Because I'll give them scenarios to work through modeling and, and, and so forth to say, hey, here's the client's circumstances. Will they be better off with X, Y, or Z? And they'll work through things with me, you know, as the, as the uh, tea lady and the, uh, and the CEO. Um, anything that I can ask somebody else to do is uh, great for me. So it's engaging with them and giving them a scenario. Hey, is this worthwhile? What are the good points? What are the bad points? Let's start working through it. Doing that then allows you to make an informed decision for the client and then pass it on to the client and go, okay, you've told me these are your needs in retirement. This is a way we're going to look to go about achieving it. Yep. Now, you, you mentioned uh, 
plan and standing, and I think surety of income is a, is a uh, is a great term. But obviously, you need to do some sort of you know educational process with your clients as you as you're explaining this. How do you find uh, a lot of them understand uh, that or you know that that process or what that means to them? Yep, and client education is a huge part of any part of financial planning. You know, it's our job to educate the client because the more educated the client is, the more buy-in they have and the more they take your advice on board. That's just my own experiences. So when working with a client and their retirement needs, whether it's an account-based pension, whether it's an annuity, whether whatever source of income, you need to educate the client on that portion of it and then how it fits into an overall uh, strategy. So to use a term, yeah, an analogy, it's it's like a jigsaw puzzle. You're trying to put it together and you, you need to place them right in order to make sure the overall picture comes through and then it works, you know. Um, and unfortunately, the days of uh, she'll be right, mate, are long gone. Um, that being said, clients are a lot more savvy than oh, than they've ever been. They ask a lot more questions. Clients will want to know, why are we doing this? What was the alternative? Why are we going with, you know, company X, Y, or Z? What do you know about them? All that kind of stuff, which in years gone by was never uttered. Now clients, they do want to be educated because they've got a little bit of knowledge and they want that to uh, to grow. So it's then breaking it down and explaining to a client, well, let's have a look at your overall retirement needs. This is what we're going to look to do. We're going to solve it with this, this, and this, and away we go. You mentioned yep. the generational um, changes that happen from you know parent to child, and the fact that uh, the baby boomers are never going to want the same thing that their parents went through. And and as you mentioned, that you know more information, and uh, I think we're living in a world now where information is fairly easy to come by. So people are getting information from all different angles, and whether it's the Uber driver or whether it's a Google yeah. search or whatever it might be. So there's there's plenty of information out there. I guess uh, translating the information and then pointing it back to how that suits their current situation and needs is is, is the role? Yeah. Um, one thing retirees, the place they'll get a lot of their information from is other retirees. They'll want to know how come friends of theirs are able to do all this stuff, you know? Uh, why are they able to travel all the time? Or how come they're getting so much more pension than me? You know, it's it's those kinds of questions as well that you'll get. And again, it comes back to the education part of it. And it's very much around the the strategy and the tactics of the retirement planning. So it's, this is what we're looking to do. These are the reasons why, and this is going to be the the uh, um, the uh, outcome that we're going to be marked by, you know. And with retirees, um, I found the income that they've received is the mark they want to be uh, assessed on so have have they received enough has it maintained a comfortable lifestyle with them before them and how's it has it allowed them to achieve those little goals they wanted to you can't just sit back and push something across the desk and say to someone you know oh, yeah she'll be right mate she'll be fine no doesn't work like that never has you've got to engage the client and you do have to take things to a deep dive. You know, you do have to explain to a client, you know, why are we recommending a reversionary beneficiary? Explaining to them, you know, especially in a couple's scenario, 
these are the reasons why, you know. This, you know, if by chance one of you was to pass, you want to make sure that you can keep continue receiving this pension payment, so on and so on. Um, when you start getting to the comfy shoes and especially the comfy chair phase, well, maybe they want to change who their beneficiary is, you know. Maybe they want to start leaving it to their estate rather than to a surviving partner who might be wanting to maximise Centrelink benefits at that time and actually don't really require a whole heap of assets being yeah, left to them. Yes. So, and I guess the biggest uh, the biggest uh, conversation to be had around that is the idea of forward planning, not uh, not putting out fires. Oh, 100%. Yes. A good financial plan, I've always said, you should never know that you've been through it because you'll just sit back and go, oh, gee, that was easy, you know? And you go, yeah, that's the whole point of it. If you didn't want it to be easy, we would have just never addressed it yep. and then you would have known. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, the other side of it, yes. Yep. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. So so I imagine there's a lot of change going on um, with the retirement, the baby, baby boomers coming through, uh, that uh, it's not always going to be the way it used to be. And, and what do you see as some of the major changes coming through? The, the, the Well, the constant is the only change. You know, I jokingly say to my clients, if they left things alone for 12 months, I wouldn't know what to do with my free time. You know, it's we as, a, um, as advisors, well, even as a, you know, a much larger, you know, and I'll, I'll involve the superannuation industry as a whole, uh, we've got to remember the baby boomers are the first real uh, cab off the rank, so to speak. So there's going to be continual tinkering with it. To use an analogy, the Model T Ford is a car and, you know, the Tesla X is also a car, but there's been massive changes along the way, but the car's still the car. And I say to my clients, the only constant is going to be change. Change is going to be put upon you rather than you actually looking to make it, whether it be legislative changes for superannuation, whether it's going to be changes to Centrelink rules, whether it's going to be tax law changes. All of these things are going to have a much bigger impact on their future decision-making than than the decisions that they will actually want to make. So it's also explaining to the clients, uh, flexibility is a very underrated commodity in all of this. You need to make sure that they are well positioned to zig and zag if need be. So yeah, change is the only constant. Fantastic. I I couldn't agree more. And I love the uh, comment about flexibility too. Um, As far as change goes, what about you personally and your business? Is there anything on the horizon? Uh, yeah, well, I've started with a new licensee, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, the uh, previous uh, licensee arrangement I was under was uh, not the best, is what I'll say. And um, it's actually very refreshing to now be with a licensee that, as I like to say, is as client-focused as what I am and is more, well, is very much focused on advice yep. rather than where things are placed. Yep. Because um, I've always said the advice should work uh, regardless of where the uh, the money's actually placed. If you've got the right strategy, yep. then it'll work. So that's that's very reassuring. Um, that being said, uh, I, I do have plans for growth over the coming years. I've, I would have liked to have achieved that growth by now, but I've had uh, you know a couple of years of. Um, We've all had a, lot, a couple of years of a lot of change yeah, yeah, yeah. and a lot of other uh, a lot of other priorities popping up. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, good word. Other priorities popping up. So, yeah, um, yeah. a few decisions that are 
that I didn't want to make were made, but um, in hindsight, I'm glad they have been. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it's onwards and upwards. Yeah, fantastic. Obviously, all the new uh, requirements that we have to go through now. I've, I passed the phasier exam. I knocked that over last year. I've done the phasier extension um, subject as well. Knocked that over. So all of these things, you know, we can all grumble and groan about them, but the sooner we knock them over and, you know, just go back to concentrating on the clients because yeah. I think there's a huge untapped market out there and the vast majority of my clients come from referrals from current clients and they come about because back to our comment earlier where people have a little bit of knowledge there's a lot of people out there who think they have too much money for the pension, so they won't even apply for it, you know, and they'll be drawing down on their money for years without understanding what the rules are around settlement. Plenty of people still think the family home is counted as an asset. Oh, so I've got too much. Oh, I can't do that. Or they might be working part-time. Oh, because I'm working, I'm not eligible for the pension. So it's when you actually sit down and you start discussing these things with clients, they actually common I get is, why didn't I talk to you years ago? No. It's, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yes. I think that's a very common thing across a lot of people I speak to all the time. It's uh, the best time to start yes. having that conversation was many years yes. ago. But uh, Yes. Or, or the other one is, when did they make that change? And I go, no, it's always been that way. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh. No, very yeah. good. Uh, well, thank you very much, Richard. So if someone wants to continue the conversation with you, uh, what's the best way for them to, for, to reach out? If they just want to send an email through to uh, admin at rtgfinancialservices.com.au, I'm more than happy to discuss things further with them. That'll be great. Fantastic. So you're the admin and the, and the, and the CEO and everything. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll pretend to forward it on to the CEO and then I'll just come back and read it for you. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> no, thank you so much, Richard. Really appreciate your time. No worries. Thank you, Fraser. There you have it, another episode of the XY Advisor podcast. Uh, I'm Fraser Jack and I'm joined by Emily. Hello, Emily. Hey, Fraser. Well, it's time. It's time that we do the shout outs and we've got a bit of an extra special shout out or announcement little thing this week, don't we? Yes, we definitely do. This is a big shout out and a big welcome to our newest head of growth, Danny Visser. Super excited about this. Danny is an absolute legend. She's renowned in financial services, has been doing amazing work, both with advisors and, and corporates and, and everyone in the like. And she has brought a great energy and enthusiasm to XY. And we're really, really excited to have her on board. So Danny, welcome. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm super excited as well. I think I've known Danny for about 15 years or so. Back when she was a, believe it or not, junior underwriter uh, with uh, with a with one of the insurance companies. I probably shouldn't say which one. And then uh, and then yeah, she, I've known her uh, back in the. Uh, she's from a, she's a local uh, Brisbaneite, so uh, Queenslander, and uh, lives in Sydney obviously these days. But yeah, so excited to have Danny on board here at XY. Uh, welcome, Danny. And if you uh, if you know Danny, then jump on her LinkedIn page, reach out to her, let her know, say congratulations, and uh, and and dob her in uh, uh, that she's been given a shout out on the XY Advisor podcast. 